Hey everybody, this is Rob from DC Primetime and the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods, and I'm here to tell you about a couple friends of ours, and that's the fine folks over at BoardGameBento.com. Now, if you're not familiar with who they are, they offer a great loot box experience for you monthly, and what they do is each month, Board Game Bento comes with a theme surprise selection of tabletop games and accessories. The best part, each box comes with at least $80 worth of games, and it's mailed right to your door. Take advantage of a special offer that we're putting on right now for from the fine folks at Next Level and Board Game Bento by using the offer code Next Level, all one word, at checkout over at BoardGameBento.com. There's never been a better time to start building your board game collection. Welcome, Primers, to this week late, unfortunately and apologetically, uh, Arrow Annual Number 5, or at least Number 5 as we're calling it, just because it's Season Number 5. I think we were talking about this right before we started, Uh, and I think last year was Annual Number 3. Could have been Annual Number 2, I don't remember. Annual 2. It was Annual Number 2, so we were going to name this one Annual Number 3, but just to coincide with the seasons, we're skipping two numbers, and we're naming this one Arrow Annual Number 5. From the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Captain Crew Cast of Pods, which is also a week late, um, <laughs> I'm working on that. Uh, I'm Rob Martin. Man, it's been it's been a rough week for, for the network. Um, we... Uh, you know, DC primetime, this annual is a week late. Caffeine crew is a little bit delayed. Um, I had an interview with Omar Epps earlier this week that I usually post interviews the next day. And I didn't – the interview was on Monday and I didn't get it up until Friday. And then on top of that, all of our – all of our RSS feeds were not allowing us to add additional content. So we were about – and that was for like the past two weeks. So all the previous stuff was still up there, but we, we – for some reason, our website was wonky, and they weren't letting us log in. They were telling us that the pages were deleted when they weren't because all of our feeds were still active. We just couldn't access them to add more stuff. So I've been constantly playing catch-up for the past week, adding uh, you know, Beach Pod podcasts and Melting Pot podcasts and the Interview podcasts, and it's it's been a mess. But we're finally back to business. We're finally up to date, and it's good. It's been stressful. Yeah, it's kind yeah of I mean – yeah, it's uh, this is I think the second only the second episode we've ever missed. I think. I th- yeah, I think we usually provide something every week, even if it's just like a, a quick update and news. But yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I think in th- two years of doing this, yeah, almost two years of doing, this, and no, I think it's over two years now. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> no, hold, it no, hold on, computer, don't 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 be it. No, Uh-oh. hold on. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> It was trying to restart my PC as we started doing this. It was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you stop that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the time that we've been doing this, I think that's only the second week we've ever missed not putting anything up. And um, yeah. my response to that is um, 
to hell with it. We have lives. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing against the listeners. We love doing this for you guys, but man, we need a break every once in a while too. And at least it happened over the summer. Like we weren't missing airing episodes of the shows. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very, very true. I mean, like I said, thankfully, again, it was, we, we lucked out that again, summer months were not missing anything incredibly, incredibly major right now. Like I said, it was just something that we needed to do. And, you know, I don't know if people read it on uh, the Facebook page, but so I had the car trouble of doom last week. Uh, So last Saturday, uh, me and my wife were heading to the beach. We were planning to like, screw it. It's, it's going to rain, but you know, what? let's, let's go to the beach anyway. Let's go check out like a storm and just have fun and see this. So we get like 10 minutes from the house, check engine light goes on. And I've had like, you know, like this, my, my previous car, because I have since changed the vehicle I'm driving, but this past year has been like four grand in major repairs, but that's also because the car has like 120,000 miles, never needed work. It's been paid off for like two years, and I'm like, oh, it's starting to become a financial sink. And I'm like, and it's not worth a lot of money. <laughs> we had this massive hailstorm a couple of years ago that did so much damage to the thing. And I'm like, fuck it, it's done. I, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. So, yeah, you get to uh, so, that point every once in a while where it's just, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's but nice it was, to not have car payments, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, the funny thing is, though, too, so we get home, drop my car off before it breaks down, take my wife's car get to the beach, have a great day, on our way back, pothole. Blow a tire on her vehicle. I'm like, you've got to be shitting me. (laughs) So it was not a fun day. So last Sunday when we were supposed to be recording, I was trying to find the auto auto shop that I could get her car in, like get a wheel, and then figure out how I'm getting my vehicle down to the shop. And I'm like, ugh. So last week was a mess. Monday night I spent the night buying a car and then just – by the time we had an opportunity to record, it was Wednesday, and we yeah. were like, let's just wait. <laughs> yeah, let's exactly. Just we were wait. just like, all right, let's just... Uh, and and, and just I had no play. idea that you were dealing with all that stuff with the network, so probably it wouldn't have even mattered. <laughs> so No, because we probably wouldn't have been able to post the podcast right away anyway. That's actually one of the reasons why when you text me, you were like, "Should we? do we want to record tonight, or do we want to just wait till Sunday? I was just like, let's just wait till Sunday, because I was trying to get everything um, you know, situated and being able... And it's weird, because... The website that we go through, the website that we use to host uh, our podcast, um, the access that we have to get into our RSS feed still is not working. But thankfully, uh, there are back doors into it so that we can still add stuff, um, meaning not everything goes through their dash. We don't we can't go through their dashboard to do it anymore. I actually have to go through some um, back end routes. It sounds weird when I say that, but um Regardless, we're, we have abilities now to, to re-add new stuff, so it's everything's going. So this will be posted, yeah. Uh, you, you know what? I think that's all people care about is the fact that this is finally coming out. So. <laughs> they don't care about the technical difficulties. They, they just don't care about it. car stuff. They're like, where is the goddamn episode? Exactly. Thankfully, actually, I will say this, guys. Though, thank you very much for uh, nobody sending us messages like, where the hell is the episode? What the hell? And I'm like, thank you for understanding, but... That's it's always nice when you don't have people hounding you like what what the hell is going on so yeah yeah it's um, always good our listeners are very understanding of yes they're so. all phenomenal so yeah. uh but with that being said and wanting to get to the the uh, the meat of the podcast let's talk Arrow season five uh, this is our annual in which we if 
you're hearing our annuals for the first time, we go through and we talk about our favorite episodes, least favorite episodes, favorite, least favorite characters, and favorite and least favorite moments. And you know what? We didn't even talk about moments. But when oh, we God. were prepping. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I have my favorite moment. I I, I got to think I about my too. least. I, I I definitely have my favorite. Uh, I, I have my least, too. So. Oh, all right. Well, maybe I'll get my least as we're talking about it. Um, so let's start with – what do we want to start with this time? I know um, we've kind of been mixing it up each annual. We've started with something different. What do we want to start with this time around? Do we want to start with characters, episodes, or moments? Hmm. Let's go with characters. Okay. Uh, let's get that one out of the way because I think that's the one that's going to shock nobody. So, oh yeah, I mean, I, if if this person's not your favorite character, then you haven't been paying attention to the season. Um, but I mean, we've seen a number of characters throughout this season. Obviously, we've seen a lot of newcomers, such as uh, well, Curtis is not is not a newcomer. He's been with them for a while. Um, but you know, we've seen. Um, Wild Dog, Renee Ramirez, we've seen Evelyn Sharp Artemis, uh, Tobias Church in the beginning of the season. Uh, we've seen a number of new characters pop on and um, uh, Dinah Drake, Black Canary. What, out of every all the characters that we've seen, whether they've been with the show or not, I, I already know I share this with you, so I'll just mm-hmm. let you do the reveal. Who this season for season five is your favorite character of Arrow? Well, I, I think the two that are the, the closest runner-ups to these roles, and I think you probably share this too, Roy Reagan Ragman, which was, he was such yeah. a great character, and it was a shame we didn't get to see him really at all in the, the back half of the season. I know we were really hoping to see him maybe find a way to come back into the mix somehow. Uh, but the other one too was Renee Ramirez, which was obviously Wild Dog, who was such a fun character and added so much to the show. Uh, and while normally he would probably be my top character of the season. Man, Adrian Chase Prometheus is such a great character and was such an amazing villain and was probably my favorite villain the show has ever had. But, like, the fact that he was a character that was so in your face and played such a massive part in the entirety of the season, even before we realized he was the big bad, uh, he was such a great character. I really loved him a lot, and I don't think there's anybody that can even come close to topping him. No, um, I agree with that completely. Yeah. Um, I know Renee was your runner-up for favorite character. Uh, Rory Ragman was my runner-up for favorite character, which is why you mentioned them both. Um, but you have to remember, too, as we were watching this season from the start, <clears throat> you know, Adrian Chase, excuse me, was in the, you know, from, was in the season from the start. Uh, he played a part throughout the entire season, as you mentioned. In our minds, not in actuality, in our minds, Adrian Chase played two different characters, three different characters, actually, if you consider, you know, District Attorney to Adrian Chase uh, and Prometheus. But let's not forget, in the beginning of this season, we had him pegged as Vigilante. Yeah, and you're watching his character as Vigilante anytime you saw him. Yeah. The moment we saw Vigilante step into the picture, I forget even what episode that was, but it was early on in the season, and we were all dead set certain. I mean, absolutely certain that is who this was. Uh, and that was like episode seven. So when we saw Adrian, we're like, oh, holy crap, this is what they're going to do. And then you see him all suited up and like, this is totally what this is. No question about it. And then when they flipped that uh, on us, we're like, wait, huh? Wait, w- what's going on? Who yeah. the hell is, you know, Vigilante now? And then when we found out who Adrian really was, that even completely made this so much more interesting. 
So, yeah, I mean, sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, This was just it was such a I I apologize for the language, but such a massive mindfuck that I I, I just made the season even better in his character. So much more interesting, which is not only a testament to. Uh, you know, Josh Zagara's acting as Adrian Chase because, like you said, we when Vigilante pops on the scene and we saw Adrian Chase, we put the two of them together because that's the kind of dynamic that was running at the time. But that also goes as a huge testament to the writers at the time, too, because, man, that was the biggest wool over our eyes we, we had the entire season. Um, you know, that big reveal when we find out that Prometheus is Adrian Chase, you know, like instantly in, in two, in seconds, we have two instant reactions and that's holy shit. Did not see that coming. And two, who the fuck is vigilante? What I love the fact too, that that wasn't even his real name. That's not well, Adrian Chase. Wasn't even his real name. I can't even remember what it was offhand, but um, that still leaves the real Adrian Chase to be vigilante. So I love the fact that that still exists. That's so, true. I didn't even think about that. And we don't even know who that is. So, uh, but yeah, I, I really loved what they did with it. It was such a great twist. Simon they, Morrison. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think there was. This was perfect. It was so perfect. He was such a great villain, and I loved all these little things, and we'll get into it in our favorite moments, but just some of the setups that they, he he kind of had play out. Um, I mean, everything about his, his character as the villain of the season was, I have to really say, flawless. And I, I don't use that term lightly. If I could give him, you know, something above a legend, I would. Uh, he he was, and we'll we'll get into that later too. But I mean, yeah, such a such an amazing character. Yeah, and I didn't even realize this until now. I don't think we talked about this, but the voice of Prometheus is Michael Dorn, oh. aka Worf. Yeah, huh. from from Star Trek. Did not know I that. Did, I did not know that either. That's, right. That makes it even cooler now. So. so yeah, so yeah, we're pretty in agreement that our favorite character of the season is Adrian Chase. There's really no if ends or buts about that. Uh, you know, with what we mentioned, a couple runners-up in Ragman and Rory. Uh, least favorite character from the season. I think we're in agreement on this one, too. Yeah, by all <laughs> means, feel free. Um, and that is um, uh, Artemis, Evelyn Sharp. Um, this is a character, you know, that is very popular in the comic book lore and stuff. But, man, totally underutilized when it came to this season. We we saw her as part of the team in the beginning of the show. You know, we got a little bit of an introduction to her towards the end of last season and then into this season. Um, you know, we saw her as, you know, an integral part of the team in the beginning before she turns rogue and she joins Prometheus. And then when the Prometheus reveal happens, that's all we get until the end of the season. Yeah. Like, she kind of disappears, and we get no more of her. So, I mean, to me, that's that's a big flaw in that in that character, is that that character was completely underutilized, and there's so much more they could have done with her. That, that's not to say they still can't use her into next season. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, we don't know her fate yet. She's on the island just like everybody else. So it's a big wait and see if uh, we'll see her return. Yeah, uh, I do have a runner-up in this mix, though, too. Tobias Church, <laughs> Susan Williams, uh, Cupid. Sure, yeah, I almost forgot about her. I was not a big fan of her either. <laughs> uh, but actually, um, 
I like her character, but very underutilized, though, too, was uh, Dinah Drake. I think um, she was just kind of background for a good chunk of her time. Uh, we, we saw a little bit of dynamic between her and Ollie earlier on when she was first brought in, but uh, felt like she was very much relegated to the background of, of all the characters that they were focusing on this season. And um, I think next season we're going to see her grow in a big, bad way. I, and I, did, that's actually something I was going to say, too, is I think we're going to see a lot come out of Dinah next season. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll see a ton of growth out of her next season. But I, I think this season, it almost felt like they didn't need to dive into her quite yet. I think they could have held until next season to bring her into the picture. Uh, um, it, it's going to be interesting to me to see where they're going to go with the Black Canary and the Black Siren dynamic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and we do know right now that... Um, that Laurel, uh, Earth Two Laurel, is going to remain a villain next season. But I'm, I'm, you know, they've already said it, it building towards a redemption angle. Uh, but it's a question of how quickly that happens or how long that goes on for. We do know she's a season regular, so um, it's a big wait and see on how that plays out. But I'm very curious to see how that dynamic plays, and I think it gets a really good opportunity for Dinah to grow. Yeah. So. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. So I think that covers our, <clears throat> excuse me, our characters. I mean, I'm like. Fleming up this morning. Um, I think that covers characters. Let's go into moments. Uh, I don't have my least favorite moment, but hopefully I'll think of it as we're as we're talking about it. Uh, but my le- my my favorite moment of the season, and there's been quite a few great moments this season, uh, is one we've kind of already touched base on a little bit because it kind of goes hand in hand with our favorite character. Um, my favorite moment from this season is the reveal of Prometheus. I mean, again, that was one of those things that we were led to believe for so long for the first half of this season that Adrian Chase was vigilante uh, because that's what was in the comic book. So that's what we were led to believe. And then at the end, man, when it's revealed, Prometheus mask comes off and that camera turns around and you see Adrian Chase. Man, that was the biggest, as you put it, mindfuck uh, that I've ever experienced on the show. And it was not only a true holy shit moment, dude, I think any negativity I had ever had towards Arrow from previous seasons was erased in that moment. Yeah. That moment alone completely redeemed any negativity I had towards Arrow, which wasn't a lot to begin with. But I think that moment, I think, made it pretty pretty almost clear that Arrow was my favorite show of this season. Yeah. Of the four this year. I I actually, I I have to say too, is uh, there's an early moment in the season too. I think it's like episode five or six. um, When we see Tobias Church killed by who we find out to be Prometheus. And we're like, wait a second, huh? I thought Tobias Church was the big bad of the season. Like, that was another big twist on what we all thought going into this year. Because we, when we saw Prometheus, nobody was quite sure on who he was. Because I will say this. One of the mistakes I think they did make this season was Prometheus's costume looked a little too much like a mix between Ragman and Ollie's suit. So sometimes it was very difficult to tell who we were looking at here and there at times. Uh, especially early on in the season. Because they kept him in the dark so much. and Which was a wise, great move. But like when we were seeing some stuff... You weren't quite sure, um, but I really thought that was just a that was um, 
that played with this a little bit too much, but I do love the the idea that when Tobias is knocked off, like, wow, so they were just kind of like, here's the new characters, you know, this is where you think we're going, and then we're just going to go a complete other direction. And that worked so incredibly well. I think that was such a great idea. Like, they loved playing with the viewers this season, and I, I think it made for one of, like I said, the best seasons of the Arrowverse as a whole. Yeah. Um, I, I think this was just close to flawless. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll bring up some problems, but, uh, you know, as a whole, I mean, it was it was just brilliant, those little things that they did. Yeah. So. Um, I do have a runner-up for favorite moment, and it's one that just literally came to my head as I'm looking through some of these things, and I, I don't know why I didn't think of it before. Um, I, I will simply title it The Redemption of Malcolm Merlin. Uh, you know, which took place during the finale in which we lost a five-year character, and that is Malcolm Merlin. Malcolm Merlin sacrificed himself to save... We want to say to save the group, but we know for a fact it was to save Thea. He could have cared less about anybody else in that group. He did it to save his daughter. But the way he did it, taking himself out and taking everybody else out to, with him, I thought was a great final moment for John Barrowman. Uh, it was a great final bow, and he's definitely a character and an actor that's going to be missed when it comes to the Arrowverse. So for that reason alone, um, that's a runner-up for me. That's one of my fav- That's another favorite moment from uh, from the show this season. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I've got, like I said, two other ones I think that are really worth mentioning as well. Uh, like I said, you know, obviously, you know, my favorite actually mirrors yours was the reveal. You know, then we bring up the idea of killing Tobias Church, which is a huge one too, which shifted the dynamic of the season. But uh, it's hard not to mention this great moment in the invasion episode, which was Arrow's 100th episode, when you see Oliver looking at all the people that have has been a part of this five year journey that we saw through the show, uh, even getting those quick shots of like, you know, where they imposed in people like Tommy and all these other characters. That was such a wonderful shot seeing his parents there this whole nine. Uh, It was such an awesome moment. I mean, and we'll get into that in best episodes, but that was just amazing. But I think one of the best moments though, also of this season is when Oliver is going to track down Prometheus and try to put a stop to things when we realize he acted, uh, you know, actually ends up killing Detective Malone. But when we see Prometheus setting up the facility to mirror one of Ollie's first times out as the hood, where the bodies are laid out in the exact same place, like the whole nine, where we see this cut back and forth between the original time where he kills Adrian's father to present day when he actually acts, uh, accidentally kills Malone. That was such an amazing sequence. I, I don't think anything quite topped that as far as action scenes this season. It was just brilliant, and it was just beautifully, beautifully shot. And I think that's when both of us realized, we're like, holy crap, Prometheus is terrifying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, I can mirror that as well. That was a, a great, you know, I think that was one of those times that I was watching and I was just kind of like in awe and I wasn't saying a word as I was watching. I was just literally glued to the television set yeah, as we're I, watching um, that whole sequence play out. Yeah, I believe that's episode nine, what we leave behind. Um, but yeah, oh God, such a such an amazing moment. And I actually really said, I've actually been going back and rewatching these seasons after we've done our annuals. 
I, I'm getting chills thinking about this season, just sitting here talking about it. Yeah, so I need I, to. Re- I this wait. is. I, I know we've talked about rewatching the seasons before, and I haven't really had the chance to do that. Um, basically, because I've I've been watching other things. Like I've been getting caught up on Luke Cage and Iron Fist before Defenders, and I know it's Marvel, but um, I had to watch season one of Shooter before my my. Uh, interview with Omar Epps and I've been I binged nine seasons of how I met your mother in two weeks Um, (laughs) because I was watching a lot of it at work too and they're only hit 20 minute episodes Um, but yeah now that I'm almost done with Luke Cage and Iron Fist I think the Arrowverse is my next step in going back and rewatching Arrow and Flash at least um, before these seasons come back because I I, I know one for sure I want to rewatch Invasion um because Invasion was so good. And I do want to watch The Flash and Arrow, at least. Yeah. Um, um, I, I can say this. Uh, I, I'm i uh, most of the way through uh, Stranger Things. Nice! <laughs> it's about time. Finally. About Finally. time. I stayed until four in the morning watching it. <laughs> and my medication kicked in, and I couldn't keep my eyes open. So when we wrap up, I will be... Uh, Definitely tearing through the rest. Of yeah, the I'll probably oh. be, I'll probably be wrapping Luke Cage today and starting Iron Fist. So I'll <laughs> I'll be done that hopefully this week. Um, yeah. Oh God, Stranger Things. It's so good. <laughs> uh, least favorite moments from this season. I figured mine out. Okay, go ahead. Um, mine. <laughs> it, it, it's going to sound like a joke, but it's really not because this was something that annoyed the hell out of me. Anything having to do with Helix. Um. I was not crazy about the whole Helix storyline with Felicity. Again, I mean, Felicity turned out to be one of the weaker characters this season. For at least some of it, not all of it. Um, But I just didn't see the point to the Helix storyline. I feel like it kind of weakened Felicity's character a little bit because it made her seem subpar. It kind of diminished her intelligence to make it seem like there's a group of people out there smarter than her. And in my opinion, Felicity should be that that mark with the team um i realized it added a little bit to the story and some dramatic elements to the story when it came to her character but i just i i found the the characters in helix to be pompous and annoying and i just was not crazy about it so i'm i'm going with helix anything involving helix i just did not like this season i you know like i said i I appreciated what they were trying to do with felicity and kind of give her her own thing and give her a little bit more of an edge to kind of find a way to do more with you know on her own with the team and ha- the fact that she was ha- making her own decisions I, I you know I'm behind that but you're right though what happened with Helix and I agree with you I think this is one of the definite lesser parts of this season as a whole was she was making decisions that felt so out of character for everything we've known from her for five years her and Diggle have always kind of been the heart of the team and keeping Oliver on track and for her to make decisions that she knew were going to bite her in the ass horrendously and still do them anyway felt so odd. And I hate the bag on her character because I know I did it a lot last annual. Um, again, there was some serious problems here and I, I really hope they can find a way to address her. I mean, like there's no reason to attempt to make her edgy. She is best when she has been what she was for a good bulk of the you know, first two seasons. And what we saw her a little bit more in the beginning of this season when she's more plucky and just fun and quirky. And it feels like they just passed it completely on to Curtis and forgot that is one of her defining characteristics that made her enjoyable and lovable to begin with. 
and now it feels like they just don't know what to do with her. Yeah. And uh, I really hope they can find a way to make some changes to that next season. My my biggest fear when it comes to her character now is that I we do know there's going to be more of a dynamic with Oliver being a father next season. Um, I don't want to see them go back to the drawing board of Felicity and Oliver again and now make Felicity almost like a mother to Oliver's son. I want to see Oliver deal with this on his own. This is something he has to come to grips with on his own of being a father. Um, So I don't want to see them, you know, use Felicity as a crutch and drag her into this storyline. I want to see them more focus on Felicity being Felicity and not being the other half of Oliver, if that makes any sense. No, I agree with you. I mean, like, you know what? Like, when they were even trying to, like, rekindle the relationship at the end of the season, I know I kind of groaned. I was like, please don't do this. I did, too. Uh, but you know what? Even by the end of the season, I was still a little bit more okay with it uh, by the time it wrapped up. But then when the explosion happened, I'm like, wait, that no longer is a concern in my brain. Now it's what is going to happen to this team. Um, and I'm really curious on what is going to now go down with everything. And the question is, who's even going to be around or how are they going to be around? All these things. Um, so I'm very curious to see how all this is going to potentially play out. But I would really like to see them not go back to the well uh, and try to continue to cram this relationship in. I think they have an opportunity to do some really amazing other things with Oliver this season uh, coming. And I really hope it's, like as I just stated, just not going back to the well and trying to cram this relationship back down our throats again. Um, And especially as the way you put it, as them trying to have a relationship and her trying to be like playing mom to, you know, his son. To William. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really right there on board with you. And, you know, if they want to have a relationship with them, that's fine. I think the way they were handling it, again, near season's end was perfectly okay. Uh, it was a little less in your face. They they handled it in a really good way. Um, but, I, I, yeah, I'm very afraid that they could potentially skirt a really rough edge next season with that. So. Yeah, like I said, I want to see Oliver... This is a situation that Oliver has to handle on his own, and that's what I want to see. I don't want to see them make Felicity Oliver's other half yet again. So, um, so we've talked about. Oh, did you give your least favorite moment? Yeah, I Helix. That's the same. Oh, you're sharing in mine. Okay. Um, all right. So we've talked about favorite characters, least favorite characters, favorite moments, least favorite moments. Let's talk episodes. Uh. Favorite episode. Let's start with least favorite episodes first, because I, I want to go big for for the end. Um, yeah. Because I think we kind of share one, but I know our our favorite episodes are different. Yes. Um, yes. Although we both really enjoy both of those episodes. I think one of us has is that's our favorite episode, and then the other one is the runner up, and it's flipped for the other people. Yeah. Other person. So for sure. Yeah. Um. I'll let you start with this one. Um, your least favorite episode of of this season, because I know um, our episodes are back to back. So yours came first, mine came second. So we'll start with you on this one. Uh, if there is, if you've been listening to us all season, without question, everybody probably knows what my least favorite was this season, which is episode number thirteen, Specter of the Gun. Uh, this was the super, super, super politically heavy gun control episode that felt like a bad G.I. Joe PSA. Um, I know some people like this episode, and you know what? I don't mind politics mixing in with my shows. Um, You know, I think Supergirl did an amazing job every time that they they dealt with this, especially near the end of the uh, season. Uh, 
They had a couple moments that were really in-your-face politics-wise, and I gave them great glowing reviews where I know some places did not. Like IGN, like for example, um, was not very kind on some of them. Uh, but I think they did such a great job on Supergirl, so when they tried to do this on Arrow, I was like, oh, cool. No, the CW has been handling this stuff incredibly well. I'm really looking forward to seeing how to handle this. But then it was, I'm for gun control. I'm against it. And it was like that Curtis Renee back and forth nonstop was like, guys, please just stop. And then it was the whole compromise thing that they were doing. And it was just everything about it was just, it drove me nuts. The writing in that episode was horrendous which sucked because i was really excited about that episode mainly because of the flashback they were getting into the history of wild dog that was something i was really pumped about when we were like hey we're gonna go and dive deep into who renee is as a character what happened with his family why he became the person that he became and unfortunately was shoehorned into easily the worst episode of i think you know obviously of this season uh but i would say it's my top five least favorite episodes of arrow ever uh, without question, uh, I really, really, really despise this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know, we talked about this a little bit when we were prepping too. Um, I was actually okay with this episode. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, uh, but I didn't hate it. I thought uh, I really prided the writers on being able to address an issue that was very, that it was and still is very prevalent in our you know in our world right now, uh, but using the ability to still remain neutral with everything. Um, you know, there was no, they didn't really take sides about, about everything. They had certain characters that took sides, uh, but the show as a whole did not take a side in this issue. It's, it remained neutral. So I do pride the show on that when it came to, to Spectre of the Gun. Um, I think, I, 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 you know, the only reason I gotta, like, I'll put my last little point on this one. I think the reason why it drove me so nuts is the show was afraid to take a stand. Um, and I think that's what bothered me. Like it was an episode where they're like, here is a political viewpoint and people and like, again, the reason why I state this is Supergirl said, this could be very unpopular with some of our viewers. This is the way that we view this. And this is the way we're going forward. And this is where our characters stand. And they said, these are where our characters stand and then achieve nothing with it. Where Supergirl was like, nope, this is exactly where we stand on this. This is a hard line. This is where we're at. And when it came to Arrow, it was, again, it felt like we're going to write an episode, but we're going to achieve nothing with it. So, I, I mean, and I can I can understand it from that point of view, too. But again, you know, my point of view on the episode was I, the reason why I liked the fact that it took a neutral stand is because I feel if you take a stance on something, you choose a side between the two of these, you isolate viewers. You do. Um, That's you know, very there, possible. There's been definite... Um, examples of this in previous other shows, you know, where one show can take a more conservative stance rather than a liberal when it came, especially when it came to the recent election. Um, you know, Last Man Standing with Tim Allen was one of those ones that took a very conservative stance on everything. They were very pro-Republican and very anti-Democrat. And as an independent who leans more liberal, I didn't care. I still like the show. I still thought the mm -hmm. show was funny, but not everybody is like that. People get very easily offended if you if a show they watch does not share their view. Um, absolutely, absolutely. So Supergirl, I can see it because Supergirl's audience is not nearly as big as Arrow's audience. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of why I respected the stance that Arrow took was because, look, we have a much bigger audience. We don't want to isolate our viewers. We don't want to turn any of them against us. So let's just stay neutral on this. And that's the way the episode was written. So that's, that's how I look at it. 
Uh, absolutely. I do. I Like I said, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think for me, it was just the fact that I, I think the writing was a little heavy handed. Uh, well, not a little. I thought it was very heavy handed. <laughs> um, and I just think it was that really, I think, fell on the writers. I have no problem with them going into that idea. But again, I, I, I still view it. It comes off like a G.I. Joe PSA. <laughs> the more you know. Oh, no. Yeah, and knowing exactly. is half the battle. The battle. Yep. <laughs> um, that leads into my least favorite character, which was not political at all. Or least favorite episode, which was not political at all. It's just because it brought back characters I could care less about. Uh, that was episode 14, The Sin Eater, in which we get the return of China White, Cupid, and Lisa Warner, uh, who broke out of Iron Heights and start working with Damien Dark. It was great seeing Damien Dark. Um, could have cared less about Cupid and China White and Liza Warner. I, I don't care. I don't know if you can – when you heard, heard their names, I don't know if anybody could hear the audible eye roll. <laughs> so <laughs> Pretty much. Um, there's really not much else. It's nothing against women power and everything. These are just horrible characters. <laughs> yeah, they're they just really are. horrible characters. Oh, I remember when they made that announcement that the three of them were teaming up. And we're like, do we have to watch this episode? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, please don't make me do it. Bring no. the Hawks back. I'd rather watch the Hawks for an episode. Yeah. I don't want to see China White again. I thought she was done for. Yeah, it's just oh. I, they were just horrible, horrible characters, and I did not want to see them, and I hope that we never see them again, uh, especially because of the fact that I hold a personal grudge against Amy Gumenic since she decided not to have my interview in Heroes and Villains Atlanta. <laughs> I was scheduled for an interview with her, and she decided to bail out because she was tired. Look, you got press to do. Do it. Would have been five minutes anyway. Um, yeah, that's just that was just a, a very boring and bland episode to me. That with it, with boring and bland characters. Yeah, <laughs> boring and bland <laughs> characters that just didn't need to to be in that season. So, but but Lady Cop, everybody likes Lady Cop. All right, God. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, um, so we've covered <laughs> our, our favorite and least favorite characters, favorite least favorite moments, favorite least favorite episodes. Now it is time. This is going to be the fun part because I already know where we're both leaning on this. Uh, it's time to rate the villain of no, the no, season. No, oh, no, no, no. What favorite episodes? I thought, oh, we didn't do favorite episodes. No, we only did least no. favorite. Oh, that's right. Damn, I'm jumping ahead. I, I, I Just thinking about those two episodes does hurt your head a lot, so it's okay. I understand. Um, I'll let you go first because your favorite episode falls before mine. I'm not I'm not saying this because I think mine is better. Yours just – No, they're both phenomenal and, episodes. And, and yours – but in the layout of the season, yours just falls before mine. So that's why I'm figuring I'll let you go first. Okay, so my, my, my favorite episode by far – and I hate that it's part of a crossover, but, man, Invasion. The Invasion episode, episode number eight, uh, directed by James Bamford. Man, just everything about this episode. And, like, let's just even forget anything that has to do with, really, the crossover. Just focus on the Arrowcast. This was episode 100 for them, as we mentioned before. Everything that they did in this episode was damn near perfection. I love the fact that we got to really focus on, you know, what would have been uh, seeing, you know, Laurel and Ollie together prepping for their wedding, like having this setup moment and having Sarah there uh, as a part of that was just awesome to watch and seeing like this what could have been. Um, 
was really cool, but I loved watching, you know, Oliver interacting with his family that was still alive and seeing characters that we have just forgotten about, Mora being there, uh, you know, uh, his mother Robert, all all these things being a part of their lives and just watching Ollie and Thea having this perfect life and realizing that this isn't right, we have to go back. And when I love that moment when they come to and everything's kind of put back into place and they have to kind of escape the world they're in, we get this amazing fight between yeah, you know, just God, it was amazing. Deathstroke, Damian Dark, Malcolm Merlin. Like this three-way fight between these characters was just amazing. Everything about that was just so so awesome, and I loved every second of it. It was easily, I think, the best fight this season has had. The choreography was just phenomenal, and as I mentioned, that moment where you know they have to walk away and leave, and Ollie and Thea are talking, and Thea's like, "I'm gonna stay here." And then she makes that decision at the end. She's like, nope, we have to go. We have to do this. And it's Oliver looking back before he walks out of the sequence. And again, looks back upon all these people that were a part of his life and his his five-year journey of everything they've done. was just this amazing celebration of everything this show has done and been. Um, and they, I, I just really have to tip my hat because this is how you celebrate a show's past. Um, it was done, like I said, with just perfection. The writing was I think damn near flawless. And then you also have just everything that was also surrounding it. That was part of invasion. It was just so much fun to watch. Um, I really couldn't have put it any better uh, myself and how you explained it. I mean, that's exactly how it was. It was a great wrap up to invasion. It was a great hundredth episode for arrow. Um, and just thinking about it right now, um, I think we need to make one of our summer weeks. Uh, I think we need to revisit invasion. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, just because it, it, it's such a good crossover, uh, you know, between all the shows and um, and the way they wrapped it is just is phenomenal. So I think that's something we need to. I think that's something we need to revisit mm-hmm. at some point this summer. Yeah, I, I I think I think you're right. I was like, yeah, do we need to? We're, we're talking about all these in in the annuals, but you're right. There's so much there, and I think it's necessary. Yeah. Um. My favorite episode of the season, um, I gotta go with. In, in, I mean, again, I I share your thoughts on Invasion. I thought that episode was fantastic and, and pro- definitely very, 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 very close runner up um, to me uh, as far as favorite episode of the season. But mine, I gotta go with the season finale, man. Um, you know, um, Lee and you was. It, it it was the culmination of five years. Um, I mean, that's really the only way you could put it. I mean, and that was, you know, between seeing Deathstroke returning, between, you know, um, uh, Constantine Kovar, Adrian Chase, uh, all these characters, you know, Oliver and his dynamic with William and... Um, uh, the the big I, I, my mind's just a jumble trying to get everything out, um, you know. Seeing you know John and Renee and and Di- like we see all these characters that we know. Everything has come together to a head, uh, and we lost some characters along the way, and we don't know the fate of some others. It's, um, I mean, we we see the news that's coming out as to certain characters being regulars next season and and such, um. 
But we've learned throughout the, the course of this podcast and watching these shows, you can't always go by that. I mean, we heard Malcolm Merlin, we heard John Barrowman was signed to all four shows, and we didn't see him on all four shows, and we didn't, we saw him primarily on Legends. So just because these contracts are signed <clears throat> and this news is floating out there, we don't know the layout of next season. Yeah. Next season could be complete. It, the season, for all we know, could be told in reverse. Um, you know, or it could be alternate timeline. We don't know what this season holds. So just because we're seeing characters that are going to be season regulars, and I'm doing air quotes as I say that, doesn't necessarily mean they survived. Um, anything is possible on these shows. So the fact that we get this huge cliffhanger going into it, um, you know, we see the end of Adrian Chase. We see the end of um, Malcolm Merlin. Uh, there's probably some other characters that we lost in that that we don't know about yet. Um, I, it's so up in the air with it, but it was so well done and it was so well told. This is a finale that I watched three times. Three times before we even recorded the podcast. Yeah. Um, there's just so much that happens that I, there's no way I could ever put any episode ahead of this one in this season. That's really just the bottom line. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, this was my runner-up. That was a hard call to make for what my favorite was. But you're right. I mean, like this episode potentially can change everything about this show. Um, not potentially; it will change everything about this show. We just do not know how. I mean, right now, I mean, I guess that can that leads us perfectly into a conversation about uh, predictions for next season. Um, well, uh, I, I want to say one other thing about oh, absolutely about Please. the finale too. Mark Guggenheim is the showrunner for, obviously, for the Arrowverse and for Arrow especially. He very, it's very rare you see him listed as a writer on these shows. But when you know that when he does write, he he's in it and the episode is going to be good. There are only two episodes that he is a writer on this season. Honor Thy Father, which is episode one, which was episode 21, right before it. Um, and Lee and you, which was the finale. So just the fact that Guggenheim was a writer on this episode already speaks high praise for that episode. Well, actually, you know what the kind of funny thing is? Uh, there's a couple more that he's attached. Well, to. he does. He did the teleplay for them. He did. He wasn't a direct writer on the story because oh, okay, he, okay, okay. he wrote on it. He wrote the teleplay for invasion. Um, and I think for, um, for legacy for the season premiere, he wrote as he did the teleplay for as well. Oddly enough, though, too, he also did the teleplay for Spectre of the Gun. <laughs> did he really? He did. Um, oh, God, he did. Son I of a just, bitch. Just him. <laughs> All right. Well, he's not perfect. <laughs> hey, Nobody man. Is. It's one okay. out of one, hey, four out of five. That's still a, <laughs> still a good record. I just was skipping it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, good episode. Good. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. There's a fault to what you're saying. Uh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, predictions for, I mean, for next season, it's a tough call. Yeah. It, um, it, it really so, is. Well, okay, so I think the important thing we got to do. Who the fuck is Vigilante? Yeah, yeah not even that, but <laughs> I, I want to bring back an old segment. 
Oh, uh, okay. I, I think it's time for casket watch. No, oh, so. okay. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Uh, right now, we only know a handful of people as far as being normal season regulars for next season. We know Renee. We know Dinah. Obviously, Oliver. And that, and we we know Laurel. That is it. That is all we know at this point in time. That is I, leaving out notable people, though. I want to make a prediction. Okay. And, th- and this is something that I would really suck. Um, but from what I have seen, or lack of what I have seen come out of the news, and also what I have seen, lack of what I have seen come from this person's social media, because I follow this person, I think there's a chance that Quentin does not survive. Um, because usually, I mean, we've been seeing a lot of stuff from set, from Katie Cassidy, from, from, you know, Stephen Amell. Um, I have seen very, very little from Paul Blackthorne's social media, from his Instagram account. Mm. He's usually one who posts a lot from on set. The fact that he has not really been posting a lot, and I think he is actually overseas right now in Africa, with his Rhino charity, I think that speaks that he either they're not bringing him in until later, or his character's wrapped, which which would suck. Because I know love what? Quentin. I, I I think he's still going to be around. I think we may not see him a lot because I think if they're definitely planning this whole redemption angle with Laurel, and he that's would play and, a big part of. And that. that's my thing too is that I I would think you would kind of need him to be part of that angle. So maybe they're they're just waiting a little bit before his character is reintroduced back into the season. Okay, well, I think we all know at least there's one character specifically that's going to bite it, without question. Malcolm Merlin. It, well, yeah. <laughs> he, he went boom. Uh, well, we know Thea will not because they said uh, ultimately they would never, that's a show line they'll never ever cross is killing her character. Um Obviously, we're pretty damn certain that William's mother uh, probably died. I don't think that's a question. I think I think, I think that's a good one too. I, I, I think that is a lock. Um, we did see in the news, and this is something that we'll. I'll, I'm just gonna we'll get this out of the way right now. They did say season six is going to break Diggle both physically and emotionally. So we know Diggle survives. A, we know he's going to survive, but the question now is. Now, a lot of people can make it off the island alive, but it doesn't state the condition that they'll be in. Ooh. Uh, I mean, that's one thing we, we haven't been thinking of. Are, are people going to lose limbs? Are people going to be severely burned? Um, you know, all these little things. So much can happen with this that we've never really even kind of put into thought. And I'm very, very curious on how that can potentially even play out. Um you know, I have not also not seen anything from uh, Emily Bett Richards at all. Like, there's been no mention of her anywhere either. Um, no news stories, no nothing. So I don't know what's even going on with Felicity. And I have seen very little about Curtis so far, too. So um, I'm, I'm very curious on what's where the stance is going to be for their characters as well. So... Very, very curious to see a lot how a lot of this is going to play off. I'm pretty sure we're going to see Evelyn Popper head back in some somewhere, but I, I think we're not going to see a lot of death. I, I do think we're going to see some major changes to some characters. I think this is an opportunity for them to 
drastically overhaul characters if they wanted to. So it's a good point. I mean, we know that Deathstroke, uh, we know that Wade Wilson is going to survive because we Slade. know Slate. Why did I say? Oh yeah, Wade Wilson. That yeah, completely different. Um, uh, <laughs> completely different uh, comic book company. Um, we we know that Slade survived. Um, so uh, because he's getting his own story arc for two episodes in in the coming season. So um, cross that off the news list. Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <No>, <laughs> Making my life easier with less to read later. Uh, I'm looking ahead, though, into the premiere um, of season six. There's no description, which is fine, because I'd rather be surprised. Um, But um, I'm already excited, basically because of the fact the title of the episode is called Fallout. It's directed by Bamford, and it's another Guggenheim and Wendy Merkel written episode. Uh, like the premiere of last season. So, man, I'm loving the fact that Bamford is getting all this directing. I know. He does such a great job. He, I, we had him on back during season two. He was such a cool guy, and I'm so happy for his success because at that time he was still just the stunt coordinator. Um, we talked to him for like an hour, and he is impossible to get back on now because he is so – we've been trying. We've reached out to him, and we reach out to him directly too. We don't go through a rep, and he's – He's always so cool about it. Like he always responds, and he's like, "I, you know, dude, uh, we'd love, to, I'd love to. I'm just really busy, and we're so happy that he's so busy. Like, if he was just really busy and blew us off, it'd be one thing. But the fact that he's had all the success with the directing, uh, we we couldn't have been, we couldn't be happier that he's blowing us off because he keeps putting out all these great episodes. So I, I'm so excited to see that he's he's still directing into the next season. Absolutely. Um, um I'm gonna try and yeah, get Google so- time on. So aside from characters alive or dead, uh, what else do you want to see out of next season? I want to see – this is kind of a weird prediction because it's not a, It's not really a prediction. It's some, just more something I'd like to happen. I, I, I talked about this earlier in the season, and I even brought this up a little bit during prep. Um, I like the fact that Vigilante is a mystery. Um, I had said this before that I, I – think this would be a cool dynamic of a character if this is a character who in essence you never find out who it is um because it's one thing as as a viewer to watch a show for the characters to not know who it is but us to know who but i like living in that same world that the characters are in of not knowing who this guy is Mm -hmm. um i think that's a really cool dynamic for a character that i don't think you really see on television anymore yeah. There's always some kind of big reveal. There's always something that goes on. Like I said, there's always the dynamic that the viewers know, but the characters don't. I like the fact of living in this same world where if Oliver doesn't know, we don't know. And I think that's just a really cool aspect. Yeah. And no, I'm, I'm, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that continue through season six. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that that would be amazing to see them hold that as long as humanly possible. Um, you know, I, I, one of the other things I'm really excited to see though, too, is I'm really excited to see as we even said, you know, earlier, just the dynamic between black siren and black canary. I really want to see how that plays out. I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, uh, Katie Cassidy back into the mix and what she's going to bring with kind of that more villainous take. What we got to see of her was a lot of fun. And I think there's a lot of untapped potential in that idea. And where Oliver and Team Arrow fit into that mix as well. I think that could potentially be something really huge. Well, I already, um, I, I can already predict the dynamic between Black Canary and Black Siren. They're going to be BFFs. They're going to have brunch every Sunday, and they're going to go shoe shopping. 
Well, Sunday brunch is a, is an important thing. Well, exactly. You know, like, I mean, I know I'll, a lot of people and, probably don't share that opinion, but uh, that's my prediction for it. Hey, you know what? Like I said, <laughs> uh, you've been watching How I Met Your Mother, and all I can think of is, <laughs> dude, these uh, these eggs, Benny, are is redonk. <laughs> yes, brunch, brunch bros. Brunch bros. Uh, no, that's that's obviously that's not going to be the dynamic of the two. That would I would stop watching the show if that was the dynamic of the two. I really want eggs Benedict right now. <laughs> I just want brunch. Uh, it's too uh, late for what? brunch. I, 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 well, no, it's not. It, it's brunch is fine up until the fact that it's full on lunchtime. So like past two p.m. It's like noon right now. So and I have brunch food left from yesterday from when I had I, I had a tiny little brunch here. So I'm gonna have myself some waffles. There you go. And, uh, so maybe some fried chicken on top. Oh, oh, chicken and waffles! I hate you right now. Oh, that's so good. I hate you. that's my like that's like my ultimate go to brunch food is chicken oh, and waffles. God. So good. <laughs> anyway, we're getting All off right, topic. We're gonna have to get through this quickly. Yeah, because I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, any other predictions coming out of next uh, out of season six for you? I, I generally, you know, what the funny thing is. This is the one show I don't really want to make predictions because I, I definitely have those like hopes that I want for next season. But all I want to, all I want them to do is find a way to top this season. That's all I want to see them do because man, I don't know how they're going to, and I want them to be able to surprise me as much as they did this season. I that, I good. That is my biggest hope. I just want to be surprised as much as I was this season. I, I, I share that sentiment. I, I really don't want a lot of surprise. I want surprises. I don't want to be uh, have things spoiled for me before the season really starts. Um, uh, you know, but I, I will tell you one thing. I'm very excited for next season is I can't wait to see the dynamic that comes out of Michael Emerson's character. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched the video of when the cast was interviewed about Michael Emerson, and Stephen Amell didn't know. Uh, it's it's so funny watching his reaction because it was through Entertainment Weekly. Entertainment Weekly at, had the cast in front of her, and um, she asked, you know, what what do you think is going to come out of Michael Emerson, you know, joining the cast next season? And Stephen Amell was just like, wait, what? Michael Emer- the guy from Lost, he he's joining next season. I didn't know about this, and like he got really excited, and I'm just as excited as he is to see Michael Emerson because he was. He probably was my favorite character from Lost, so it's I'm looking for he can play that kind of creepy character, that creep with that character with that creepy dynamic, or he can play the very intelligent character at the same time, um, which with Lost kind of went hand in hand. He was a very creepy character, but he was also a very intelligent character. So I want to see what kind of dynamic he's going to bring to the show next season. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited um yeah I, I just i really can't wait and actually really really happy news because i just realized this we were really worried uh when uh the seasons kick off where i was going to be um because i have a business trip the week and everything kicks off so i will be gone from the 10th to the 15th shows kick off i think on the 9th so no arrows october 12th yeah I will be gone from the 10th to the 15th, so, in October. Yeah, so you'll be gone when the show airs. Yeah, all of them. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I thought you were getting to the point that you'll be home. I'm like, no, no, you'll be away. But the good thing is, I will be coming home Sunday morning. But will you be able to watch them while you're away? We will record that night. Sunday night, I will will (laughs) record. So I will come home. Uh, It it is, the, the 14th is actually my birthday, so, um... I will probably 
know, my wife will be at work uh, when I'm probably getting in, and uh, I will probably immediately be like, okay, I need to get home, watch everything, or what I will do is... Uh, Just watch them during the day on Sunday. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. As okay. soon as I get home, I will probably well, I sit thought, down. Wait, just, what day do you get back? Uh, the 15th. Oh, okay. Uh, is, I, you said the 14th, and I was I was stuck on that. Yeah, birthday is the 14th, so yeah. I will be either flying home um, the 14th or early morning on the 15th, and then uh, we'll hopefully be able to record that night. So, uh, worst case scenario, we'll record Monday, but uh, my hope is to still record that 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 actual day, the 15th, so the episode is up for everybody Monday morning. Yeah, because so. with with it being premiere week, I'd I'd, I'd like to record on, on schedule, but I mean, if we can't, it, you know. Well, like I said, I will bring my laptop with me regardless to on the trip. So uh, if I have a strong enough connection, uh, we can see what we can do as far as uh, if I can tap into my Plex or whatever to be able to try to watch stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's a big wait and see. But... Yeah, because I'll have them up as soon as they're available. Oh, okay. so, yeah. I know that I know you will. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. Um. All right, so we've we've covered everything as far as our Arrow annual, so that about wraps that up for next season. Obviously, we want to know what your thoughts on the season were, what were your favorite episodes, favorite moments, least favorites, all of that jazz, um, and let us know. Oh, we got to rate the season and the villain. Shit. Um, we're not done. Um, so we're going to rate the, the villain, although this is going to be really easy. Yeah. Um, we're going to rate the villain as a whole. We're going to rate the season as a whole. Uh, and we're going to do this with our two-point ranking system this time. We're going to give it a 1 through 10, which is also going to equate to a sidekick hero or villain. 1 through 3 being sidekick, 4 through 7 being hero, and 8 through 10 being uh, legendary. Um, legend. Legend. <laughs> I, I said legendary because that's what we're on the lines of this time around. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Um, so <laughs> rating the villain, obviously we have Prometheus, Adrian Chase um, on a 1 through 10 scale. Uh, I'll kick it off. Man, it's a 10. There's ten. really no doubt about it. Adrian Chase Prometheus is easily, and I love Deathstroke, but man, he was sin- he was sinister. He was, uh, you know, he was mind controlling. Like he, like he fucked with everybody's minds. And it was the it's the alternate take of a villain when the lead character knows who the villain is and still cannot do a damn thing about it. Um, which was a huge dynamic in from a good portion of this season. He knew Adrian was vigilante. Adrian was still working at the mayor's office and would walk into the office and act like nothing was going on. And just gloat. I loved it. And all those was, moments. And there was nothing. There was nothing Oliver could do about it except for and just, sit and bite his lip and take it. And the best beautiful thing is Oliver never even beat him. That's true. He beat himself. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. He never beat Prometheus. And he didn't beat himself. He he went out. Exi- he, he everything was as he always put it. He's just like he's like you know he's like you try to keep staying at one step ahead, but you're not even playing the same game. Um, and I didn't even think about that. Never, ever, ever beat him. Everything went off exactly as he planned from start to finish. Holy shit, my mind just got blown. Seriously, like, I didn't even think about the fact that he never he never beat Prometheus. He full-on won. The only thing he didn't plan for was his wife getting into the mix, and that was it. And even still, when that happened, he just took her out of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot the hostage. <laughs> yeah. So pretty much. Uh, but yeah, it was just oh god, 
so just can we can we just just this one time unless it ever happens again can we give him give him an 11 yeah let's crank this shit up to 11 absolutely i'm, I'm absolutely for that again i mean i love deathstroke i i was big fan of damian dark adrian chase prometheus best villain that show has ever seen i actually I, gotta say you know what as much as i love a reverse flash best villain of the Arrowverse Agreed. so far. Uh, and you without know how much I love question. Reverse Flash, too. <laughs> Same here. Uh, without question, best villain. Yep. And I will be at Heroes and Villains uh, in September next month, uh, New York, New Jersey. And Josh Segarra is there. I'm really hoping I get the opportunity to be on stage with him and moderate his panel because that would be... Um, I'd just love to meet him. Yeah. So, Oof. yeah. Uh, now the <laughs> season, season as a whole. Season as a whole, same ratings, uh, one through ten. Hero sidekick legend, um, with the exception of a couple weak episodes, uh, you know, Cupid. <laughs> um, it's still a fantastic season. Probably one of the best this show has seen. Uh, I'll let you go first. I went first with the villain. Uh, you know, I will give this still a legend. It's getting a nine. Um, like I said, couple. You know, rougher episodes like going through when we talked about things like the Flash. Uh, I had a really hard time finding least favorite episode. Uh, very difficult because there was always like, oh, this major thing happened. Where Arrow is on the other side, there is episodes I just generally just didn't like or care about. The main plot of the season was phenomenal, though, um, which keeps it from dropping down to an eight. Uh, still, my favorite season of Arrow, hands down. It definitely is getting a nine. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I was giving this one a nine as well. I think, uh, you know, Spectre of the Gun and, and such, uh, you know, some of those episodes were kind of weaker. But you're right. The the main storyline that tied the entire season together was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, probably my favorite season of the five. And it's it sucks because it uh, and when I say that, I don't mean it's necessarily uh, it sucks for the season. It has set the bar very high for the next season of this show. And I'm not sure if they can top it. That's the thing. That's why that's what I think sucks is it's going to be very hard to be on par with this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I, in my brain, this show is season five, season two, season one. Um, I, I, they, and I, I didn't think they would ever be able to top season two. Uh, and they proved me wrong with this season. Now it's the question of can they top this one or at least be close to season two. Uh, and it, that's a very tall order. So I hope they're up for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think they are. Um, I, I definitely think they're going to try. If there was any season, though, out of these five se past seasons that was going to be the best, um, I think it needed to be five because mm -hmm. you were telling a five-year story. Yeah. So you needed to wrap that story up in, in such an epic way, and they accomplished it. So, um, yeah, it's a nine for me as well for this season. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, but as I was saying before, we want to hear your opinions. Tell us your favorites, your least favorites. Let us know what you rank the season and the villain. Uh, and let us know on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash DC Primetime. Uh, let's get ready to wrap things up for this. But we got two weeks worth of news we're going to go over. Uh, so, Rob, I'm going to turn it over to you for that. Okay, so we're going to truncate this a little bit, so I apologize if we're missing some things here. There's a lot of small stories that I just didn't feel that were necessary. We can just pass on over, but we're going to start with the film stuff. There's very light stuff here. 
Uh, one thing we do know, though, is Wonder Woman sequel is going to be released in 2019. Uh, I don't know if they actually pick a full date. I believe that they're saying right now the expectation is December 13th. Um, I don't know if that's a wise timeline because you're now getting close to Star Wars territory. Um, well, actually, very, very close to Star Wars territory because that'll be right around the same time. Yeah, but so, I, but it's it's going to be the Han Solo film, though. N- n- no, it won't. 2018? <laughs> Uh, 2019. Oh, 2019. Oh, no, you're right. That's going to be episode 19. Or, or not episode, episode 9. Yeah. Episode so 19, uh, wow. I'm waiting I for you definitely, to. that's why I said I don't believe the date. <laughs> so, um, I, I think that is the dumbest move Warner Brothers can make. Well, let's... They need to stay far, far, far away from Star Wars. Let's not forget, um, though, that they, they have... They they do these allotments. These allotments do often change. They can swap out movies and things like that. So if they feel that they're going to have a better time going going up against a different film rather than Star Wars, they'll swap these dates um, with another film, especially if production is ahead of schedule. Absolutely. Um, they, they may bump this up to a, to another date. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't think this is – I don't think this is written in stone yet. No, I don't either. Like I said, that's the expected date, but everybody, honestly, if, if Star Wars isn't back into May, that's probably their thought process, but I'm pretty sure you're going to see Disney, you know, lock on that December timeline for uh, Star Wars. So, yeah. Um, and then jumping into a little bit more Wonder Woman discussion, uh, we have found out a little bit more about the Flash movie, which is Flashpoint that we discussed back at San Diego Comic-Con timeline. Uh, and there right now is a large rumor that they are going to include Wonder Woman into the film, which obviously ties very nicely to the original Flashpoint story. Now, if this is indeed true, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, rumblings of Jason Momoa being in the mix. Uh, we've already seen uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan already saying that he would absolutely be down to being uh, uh, getting in the opportunity to play uh, the Thomas Wayne Batman, which means that, uh, oh my god, why can't I remember her name? Lauren uh, Cohen. Yep, Lauren Cohen. My, yeah, my like, uh, The Joker. One of so. my top celebrity crushes. I will never forget her name. <laughs> so, uh, so it's a big wait and see, but I would love to still see that play out, but again, I know a lot of people even said it on our uh, page, which is if you're going to do Flashpoint, you better do it right. Like, if you're doing a full-fledged movie out of it, can't mess that up. Nope. So I really hope they're very cautious. And uh, if they're going to do it, go full force. So uh, so let's uh, talk about one last thing in the movie universe. And that actually is something that I didn't have because I couldn't find the article. <laughs> but uh, we do know that Ben Affleck apparently has signed for a three-picture deal with Matt Reeves to do uh, the new trilogy. Uh, and we do know that apparently that's going to also set up potentially a Batman Beyond. So speculate away, folks. Uh, it's a big wait and see on how that plays out. But I'm very curious to see uh, if that is indeed the truth in this one. So, uh, But if we jump over to the TV side of the things, let's get the big one out of the way. We now know officially the crossover dates for the Arrow versus 2017 event. Uh, we do know it is going to take place across two days. We don't have to wait an entire week, which is even better. But Monday, November 27th, kicking off at 8 p.m. Eastern with Supergirl and Arrow will be moving up a couple days in its time slot. Uh, and will follow Supergirl that night, followed immediately on Tuesday, November 28th at 8 p.m. with The Flash. And then 9 o'clock with Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, right now, we don't know much at all, but they did say uh, this is going to be more personal kind of story and uh, expect maybe a little romance and some shakeups. So I'm uh, kind of curious to see where they're going to go with this. So, 
Uh, let's jump into some Flash news, and I apologize if I'm like speeding through this, but uh, again, there's a lot to cover and in a short amount of time because me and Ben both want food. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Uh, so one of the big key things, let's talk about the fate of Barry Allen as far as uh, season four. It's weird to cra- uh, and crazy to say that. That we're already uh, four seasons in, but uh, when they'd say when Barry comes out of the Speed Force, he won't be himself initially because of how insane his experience will be inside of it. Uh, but in addition to that, uh, the big focal point for the folks in the beginning of the season is finding a way to get him out. And now the thing is, it sounds like one of the members of Team Flash is not a big fan of trying to pull him from that. So the big question is who that is. My guess is uh, we'll see Caitlin back in the mix on that and she'll be the one holding out so um so jumping into uh, some casting also for flash we now know our elongated man which feels like this story broke forever ago uh but we now know oh my god where is his name god damn it I'm sorry um i have it here harley sawyer so is uh will be uh, the one playing the character and i knew no they did say he has a high chance of uh coming in as a uh, chance to be picked up for a full se- potential off-series. Is that correct? Um, say that one more time? It, it, that he has the opportunity for maybe, uh, or is it, no, just to become a normal ser- series regular. Yeah, right? I think, yeah, I think it's just for the series okay. regular. Okay, so it's a recurring role with a, a, an opportunity to become a, a series regular. Yeah, so it's Hartley Sawyer, so, uh, is the person that's jumping in, and he is... Previously from uh, the, uh, I think, the Young and the Restless, Glory Days, and the McCarthys. He was also part of a CW um, seed series that was online called Saving the Human Race. Uh, So I'm very curious to see how they play him out. I really hope they play up the detective angle, though. So Uh, one of the other things we also did see as far as casting, which is a very sad story. Uh, Tom Felton will not be returning as a season four series regular. Now, Now, bear in mind... That says a regular, so we'll probably still see him pop in. So that is a, at least a positive. He's not just completely going away. So, uh, I mean, granted, you know, look at that. Tom Felton, while as much as we love him, we are also getting machete. So <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. Uh, uh, Danny Trejo, I yeah. can't wait to see the dynamic. I know, especially just watching Cisco deal with him is going to be amazing. <laughs> so, Potential father-in-law. Oh, God. Uh, and then, obviously, <laughs> one of the most important things uh, Two most important things in this is they did also say no more speedster villains for the Flash show. Uh, this is a now, lot. Now, is that this season or is that going forward? I think this is going forward. No more big bads being speedsters. Uh, they said that is done. I mean, I'm sure that means we're still going to see people pop in. You know, well, I'm sure, you know, the the future of seeing reverse Flash come pop his head back in from time to time is definitely not going to stop. Um, so I, I would say don't don't be afraid if you're like me and Ben and love that character. But in addition to that, though, one of the best things that happened out of uh, everything that's been going on with the shooting, set, uh, set shots have indeed le- uh, leaked now, and we are seeing Barry in a brand new suit. And it is not exactly the suit we saw in the Once in Future Flash. It's actually a little bit more modified uh, and a little bit more uh, of a design to it. Not as quite as a bright red that we saw in that episode, but the new suit looks a little bit more sleek than the one that we did see. It doesn't look as beefed up and almost armored up, but uh, it, it does look quite fantastic. Same kind of cow, but fully different body on the suit. So 
but very similar to the one that we saw in Once in Future Flash from uh, season season three. A lot of behind the scenes leaks coming from Tom Cavanaugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really a lot. Because um, there's a there's a different look to uh, Harrison Wells this season again too. I actually haven't seen that shot yet. Yeah, he's got a different hairstyle again. So I I don't know if this is a different Wells or if this is just he changed his hairstyle. But we'll, we'll find out. Never know. Okay, so let's jump over to Arrow. So we have a little bit of casting to talk about in the beginning of this as well. Just two quick uh, points for uh, Arrow. But uh, we now know that Black Panther actress is uh, joining uh, season six for Arrow. And uh, let's see. uh, She is going to be – this is uh, Sidel Knoll. She's also appeared in uh, Glow, which is up on Netflix currently. And she's going to be playing an FBI agent named Samanda Watson, and she's going to be looking into Oliver Queen's connection to the Green Arrow. So, looking forward to seeing how that plays out. And uh, we'll, uh, we already one thing we know too. In addition to season six coming, uh, we already found out that Mark Guggenheim uh, said they are already in play for the plans for season seven because they said as they were working on season six, they knew exactly where season seven was leading to immediately, and said without question the planning phases are already in shape. Uh, for season seven, they said everything's already set. And then they did say, in addition to that, there was another story where Guggenheim said they've known since day one with the show exactly where the series will end. And even if season seven doesn't get picked up, they know and have a plan to already get their ending in play without question. So, I, I don't really think it's a question as to whether or not season seven will be picked up. Yeah, it's going to it's going to happen. All right, so let's get into some Legends stuff. Legends was actually the big winner with the news stories the last couple weeks. Maybe not some of the biggest stuff, but uh, we'll dive into them real quick. So Jess McKellen uh, was somebody that we've already seen in the trailer. She was the one playing that Time Bureau agent. Uh, Is uh, apparently now going to be coming a full-on recurring role for the season, and her character's name is Ava Sharp. So that is one of uh, Rip Hunter's Time Bureau agents. So we will be seeing quite a bit of her. So apparently they're really enjoying her. But they also, we now know, too, who is playing the big bad for season three. And that is Tracy uh, Ifeshore. I think that is how you pronounce the last name. I think you're right, yeah. I think it's Ifeshore. And then she's supposed to be, uh, I believe, the sister of uh, Mary McCabe's vixen. So uh, it sounds like she'll be indeed playing the villain of this all. So we don't know exactly how everything will play out, but very curious to see. Um, Also, we now know another uh, bit of casting is... uh, a uh, actor from Spartacus is officially been joining the cast for a special episode, and his name, God damn it, why do these articles suck? <laughs> Normally, they're all in the top, and they're like buried like three paragraphs in and not like highlighted. Simon Merrillis, and he was from Spartacus, and he's going to be playing Julius Caesar. You know, not uh, the first actor or actress from Spartacus that we've seen in the Arrowverse. Uh, who was uh, the other? Katrina Law. Oh, that's right. That's right. I yeah. forgot she was from there. Uh, but something that we all, a character we all know very, very well, Gorilla Grodd will also be a villain in Season 3 of Legends of Tomorrow, which is kind of fantastic, and I don't think any of us saw that coming. But I love no, that they're going from uh, multiple places for this. So, uh, But we're also going to be dealing not with just uh, a potentially Gorilla City and Gorilla Grodd, but we're going to be dealing a lot more with magic in Season 3, and specifically the occult, for what it sounds like. And with that, everybody immediately thinks of one name, and that's John Constantine. So everybody's wondering if Matt Ryan's going to be making an appearance. I know it sounds like Mark Goodheim said they are looking into anything that they can do 
to bring John in for this season in some way, shape, or form. Obviously, Damian Dark's still going to be a factor of this season, so the big question is how that's all going to play out. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them at least get John for at least an episode or two. So I would not be surprised on that at all. Uh, so we are all done with the normal stuff we have to talk about, but there is one show that we don't talk about much yet, but that's because we just got its first casting, and that's for the show Titans. And a relatively newcomer by the name of Tegan Croft, a 13-year-old actress, has indeed been cast as Raven in the upcoming show. So uh, very curious to see how this is going to play out with everything I know I would expect we will probably get casting for the other core characters Probably within the next week or two, I believe they said the show is indeed going to be coming before year's end. So uh, I would bet that the production is already pretty much in full swing and they're just kind of hammering out the last details. So my guess within the next two weeks, we'll definitely know the rest of the remaining people. Uh, But there are two other small stories we have to talk about. And I wouldn't say they're small because one of them is somebody that's done so much and is near and dear to a lot of our hearts. You just may not know the name. And that is somebody by the name of uh, Andrea Romano. And she is a voiceover director that is responsible for some truly amazing projects that we all know very, very well. Um, And one of those things is, well, right off the bat, Batman the Animated Series being the big, big one, but also all of the Bruce Timverse animated series. Uh, But she started back in the day with DuckTales, and she's worked on things like Avatar The Last Airbender, Batman Beyond, uh, and, and just so, so much. I mean, her voice work just goes on and on and on. And I guarantee if it was something, if you're in our age range from like, you know, your you know, early, thir- you know, early 30s uh, to early 40s, I guarantee most of the things that you knew and grew up with, she is a big part of. So uh, very happy to see that she's getting a chance to uh, reflect on her career of over 30 years. So, uh, you know, big props to Andrea Romano. And last but not least is a story we missed weeks and weeks and weeks ago. And I really apologize this slipped through the cracks. It came out right before San Diego Comic-Con. And that is Batman Season 2 from Telltale. Uh, And that is actually just about out the door. Uh, That is actually coming out on August 8th. So this coming week. Holy crap. uh, It's Tuesday. Tuesday is the first episode. And I wanted to make sure that's why I brought it up. Uh, because when it got announced, everyone was like, wait, holy crap, it's coming out that soon. Yes, indeed it is. Uh, and I think we know we are definitely going to see the Joker, and I believe the Riddler are going to be playing a big part of this one. So, But yeah, that is kicking off this week, and like I said, it, it was a very short lead time, like just a couple weeks. Uh, like I said, it got announced, I think, three days before San Diego Comic-Con started, which was less than a month ago. So this is creeping out the door very fast, guys. So I really apologize this one slipped through the cracks, but... Uh, I will do my best to get a chance to play that, and we'll talk about that next week. Um, August 8th is a big day, too. There's another big release that day, not for video games, but for uh, for movies. Um, in the Marvel Universe, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 hits uh, video on demand on Tuesday. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, that does it for all the news. And uh, now, as far as any recommendations, the big thing for me, I'm going to say right off the bat, go back and watch this season of Arrow. Without question, I can't I, think of a better thing to say. It's going to be mine, too, because that's exactly what I'm going to do once I finish with uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist this week. Uh, is I'm just going to start rewatching uh, Arrow. Um, as far as next week goes, what I think we were originally planning on this week being our farewell to Barrowman. Uh, we were going to play the Barrowman panel from... Uh, Heroes and Villains Atlanta. We could still do that next week, or we can do something else. I don't know. 
Uh, well, how about how about we do the farewell to Bear, uh, Bearman soon? We can do that panel, so we'll come back and do the news. But what's how about you and me just review um, episode one? So that is our job this week is to play episode one of uh, Telltale season two. That works. That works for me. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So next week, we'll yeah next week we'll we'll give you a full rundown of episode one of Batman Telltale. Uh, we'll do our farewell to Barrowman, in which we'll play the panel from which if you have never heard a John Barrowman panel. Uh, you are in for a treat because he is one of the most dynamic people on stage. Uh, he doesn't use a moderator. He he doesn't need one. That's like how he is on stage. So, um, you're definitely in for a treat. Listen for listening to that panel. Uh, and he he sings, he dances, he does so much shit on stage. It's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll do the Batman Telltale episode one. We'll do the farewell to Barrowman playing the panel from Atlanta, and we will we'll bring you whatever news releases for this week as well. Indeed. So, uh, cool. That's gonna wrap it up then for. Um, this episode we'll do our cheap plugs and then we'll get out of here uh i can be found on the showcast spotlight which is another podcast here on the next level podcast network next level radio online.com uh we just did an interview with omar epps from usa shooter or you would also know him from uh love and basketball juice uh major league two i was just gonna say (laughs) willie mays hayes in major league two and i do talk to him about that during the interview as well um so uh, that interview is now up online through the Showcast Spotlight, uh, and you can find Next Level Podcast Network on Facebook, facebook.com slash Online, and the DC Primetime Facebook page, facebook.com slash Primetime. Uh, as always, one of the, you can always find me as well at Next Level, and that's through the Captain Crew cast of pods. Uh, this episode is about, you now. by the time we record it, it's going to be close to two weeks late. Uh, but the next upcoming episode for us is we are diving deep into the world of Harry Potter. I cannot really, wait. I know. I'm, I'm we looking will be forward recording to this. That, I think we're recording that Thursday night is the game plan. Um, so hopefully I will have it. I'm going to try to actually do my best because of how delayed it is with everything that happened last week uh, to try to get it done that night after everybody leaves just to knock it out and uh, get it to Ben. So um, I do apologize for the delay on that. That that show, like I said, is one of the hardest things to plan for, especially when you have a roundtable of that many people. So, uh, But also we want to say a special thanks to uh, special guest music from Intense 117. I think I said it right. I think you did. I think I did it. Finally, as we come to a close <laughs> on our annuals, I finally get it right. We'll forget um, it again next year. It's fine. It, it's okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, uh, that that does it for us, though. So. Yeah. Uh, so we want to thank you, as we always do every week, for being a part of the community. Thank you for messaging, posting, commenting, everything that you guys do online. We ask that you share this podcast with your friends, especially if they're fans of the DC Universe and the DC Television and Movie Universe. Uh, but until next week, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace. <laughs>